Welcome to Livestream Stars. I'm Ross Brand. This is a show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across Livestream platforms. And Livestream Stars is brought to you by LivestreamUniverse.com. LivestreamUniverse.com is where you can find all of our schedules, past shows, and features. And also look out for our annual predictions blog post tomorrow. This year's edition has 88 leaders in the live streaming and social media fields, including tonight's guest, who have been so generous as to contribute their predictions for 2017. We also have uh, about six pieces of bonus content to go with it as well for stories, a couple videos. So um, you definitely want to check this out as we get set for live streaming in 2017. And now to tonight's guest, Leslie Nance is the founder of GoToKitchens.com. It's a free community to support people in living an anti-cancer lifestyle. Uh, the mission of Go-To Kitchens is to empower people to take 100% control of their health. And Leslie will talk today about how she did just that and the difference it made for her. She's a Periscope VIP gold broadcaster, the host of Lunch with Leslie, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Periscope and Facebook Live. She was a featured speaker at iSugar Live in New York City and has an exclusive announcement right here on Livestream Stars about another high-profile speaking role. And why don't we start there? Um, you have an announcement to make. We've been kind of teasing it all day. I think people probably could figure it out from what it has to do with, right? I mean, probably isn't going to be bad news to deal no, with. No, not uh, bad news. That not event. News. So no. <laughs> tell yes. us what, what's going on. Hi, Ross. It's good to see hey, you. Great Thanks to see you. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for having me on the show. Super excited. I'm looking excited. forward to this show. Yeah. So, um, so drum roll. Mm -hmm. um, so I am... I am speaking at summit.live in 2017 oh, in February congratulations. in LA. And I am so stinking excited. I mean, I'm one of these people that if I'm excited, you know it, like I have no poker face whatsoever. So if I'm excited and somebody tells me something, I'm not like, oh, that's really great. I'm like, yes. And so <laughs> really super excited because the community of live streamers has changed my life. I mean, it's the people that I've met, the people that I connect with is just, it's changed everything about the way I do business. And so it's, it's an amazing opportunity and I'm very humbled and very honored to be part of such a very distinguished and growing list of tremendous, amazing speakers. Summit's going to be like, a, like last year was great. It's just going to level up this year. So I'm really excited about it. Well, congratulations. It sure is Thank a you. great list. I was looking at the website the other day and it's, uh, you're in good company. You're going to have a good time out there and, uh, little intimidating, LA, honestly. right? <laughs> For yes. you? I mean, you do, you do a little bit of speaking, uh, every day, right? Yeah, more I do. Than a it's, little true. Bit. it's true. It's true. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's in LA and, uh, we're actually having a go-to kitchens event while I'm there. So oh, awesome. Um, yeah, we're going to have a look at a little mini go-to kitchens get together and then we're going to jump right into Summit. So super excited. Yeah. Oh, so free, party. Uh, free food and uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see. <No. laughs> I'm not cooking. I'm just saying no, I'm no. not cooking. <laughs> You're there to speak, not to cook. <laughs> That's right. right. So tell everybody real quick who, who may not have seen your show so far, um, kind of how it came about. Uh, we'll get into the whole backstory in just a minute, but just for the the live streaming side of it, how did you become a, a daily live streamer? Right, that's quite a commitment. I mean, I I know how crazy yes. it is to try and do a show on a daily basis. So, yeah, how did you get started doing that, and how did it become a, a daily show, and now a, almost like an institution on Periscope? So it, it is a huge commitment and you know, just as well as I do, how much work goes into just producing a one hour show. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I call myself a live motion broadcaster, which to me means, um, that I'm, I'm actually on, sorry, oh, I should have turned off my notifications. Pardon me. Anyway, uh, which means to me that I am on camera physically doing something. You know, there are a lot of live motion broadcasters, people that cook, people that paint, people that draw. Um, there's a lot of VR coming out now, a lot of, you know, all kinds of things that are happening right now um, in the live motion broadcasting. And the difference is, is that when I screw up, it all happens right live on camera. So this was, 
I, I actually just one day decided I learned about Periscope. One of my friends said, have you seen Periscope? I'm like, what is that? And uh, it's another social media <laughs> app or whatever. And so I tuned in. I watched one broadcast. I was like, oh, I can totally do this. And so I go to my, and this is no joke. I go to my kitchen. I'm like, what can I talk about? I can get on and talk about something. What could it be? I get on and uh, I go to my kitchen and I find an avocado that's oh, way overripe. It's like squishy, terrible, like overripe. And I'm like, I know a lot about avocados. I'll just talk about avocados. So I go on, I put my title in. I didn't even know what I was doing. Put my title in It's something, you know, learn about avocados, something stupid like that. And uh, hit start. At the time, it wasn't go live. At the time, it was right. start broadcast. So hit start broadcast and I'm on there and I'm like, is this is this working? I don't know if this is working. I'm like looking at the camera like a crazy person. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden I see like a little heart pop up and then I see comment and then that's it. It's all over after that. So as I started, I have a marketing and PR background and I know mm -hmm. that repetition is key. I know that repetition, people seeing your face, seeing your advertisement, seeing you every single day is is right. golden in this situation. So I made a commitment that day after I was off there I was broadcasting like two and three times a day because I was so addicted. I just sit and look at my phone like I have something I want to say and I would pick up my phone and do a broadcast real quick. And so anyway, um, so I just I made a commitment right there that I would broadcast every single day and I would try to cook as often as I could and that I would, you know, share my message. And it's when everything from a 15 minute show to a almost a two hour show back down to an hour show, although today was an hour and a half. But I just let it roll how it's going to roll. And right. it's, it's worked out great. So. So was it hard to transition to doing a structured show from sort of grabbing your phone when you feel like it, maybe two or three times a day, maybe, you know, you skip a day or whatever, and then to where, okay, I need to plan this out. It's going to be at a certain time and I need to have a topic. And, yeah. you know, you start to professionalize it, obviously, as, mm -hmm. as time goes along. Was that a hard transition to make or did you find it natural to kind of start doing it at a regular time and with a plan? I think that it figured itself out like over time. I think that I was like, oh, it'd probably work better if I actually had like a plan to go <laughs> right. on when I go on instead of just running my mouth. And um, I think it really depended on to the way people responded. I mean, when people were responding to me and I was getting questions, more and more questions about certain topics and they wanted to know more personally about me and my journey. And um, I think that it just kind of transitioned, but it simplified it for me to have structure. It, it made it easier for me to go to the grocery store and know that these are the things that I'm cooking this week instead of just going to my kitchen going, I wonder what I'm going to do today at nine o'clock in the morning and my broadcast is at noon. So it's, and that seems like a long time, but to get ready to prepare the scope, to prepare my content, not really a long time at all. So, um, so I think that it just kind of happened naturally probably, but it's a good thing that it did because it made the show much more consistent. I'm on time. I get comments all the time. Like you are literally on at noon, like at noon every single day. I'm like, it's a TV show. It's like a TV show. You come on when you're supposed to come on. I mean, that's what you do because consistency is key. I mean, it's very old thinking and marketing that you you repeat yourself a thousand times over and over. And at right. some point you're going to grab that person that needed that message at that time. So, yeah. Is it hard to come up with new recipes and new topics for different shows or you feel like you can sort of repeat certain themes, as, you know, because after all, you're teaching something about how to having to how to live a, an anti-cancer lifestyle. So the principles aren't going to change. Right. In a sense, like what you what your basic yeah. principles and you and like you said, it's important to repeat them at the same time you want to ha have new content. So how do you kind of work that balance. <laughs> yeah, it's, it can be tough. I mean, I, I won't lie some day, some weeks I'm, I try to plan in advance. And again, I kind of go off of my audience participation. I mean, um, I don't want to, I'm going to toot my own horn. I don't like to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. But we, uh, I have tremendous engagement. I mean, for as few followers as I have, I mean, to some people I have so many followers and other people I'm like, that's all the followers you have. But it's, <laughs> to me, it's you, like middle of the road. You got a few you know? followers. You get yeah, Periscope you. VIP gold yeah, member or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, but it, I, that is actually, I think because of the engagement, I mean, the engagement right. is super high. And so I think, 
I think I just go off of what they're looking for and it helps me transition into, okay, they really want to talk about the dangers of sugar and cancer and they really need tips on how to stay down, you know, down the middle uh, at Christmas time and not go, you know, eating every pie in sight or not, and then, or, or not enjoying Christmas at all. You know, they need some guidance. And so it's, it is, um, it, it kind of structures itself, but as far as coming up with new recipes, that's my passion. I mean, that's what I do. Right. That's my thing. That's if I could do that all day, every day and do none of the rest of it, that's and, and live stream that and live stream. That's all I would do because that's my favorite thing to do. So I love to come up with new flavors and everybody's like, what, how did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's genius. I think so. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, I, that part of it isn't hard, but it is, I, every once in a while I do get slight burnout where I'm like, I have to broadcast. Right, right. <laughs> so, but not very often. Not very often. So. Wow, that's great. That's great. And so you you do you make it a rule like you won't broadcast on the weekend, or do you do like any kind of random scopes or Facebook lives, or you stick just to your your show schedule? So I have a couple of people that help me in other areas of my social media, and I get mm -hmm. in trouble when I go off of the plan. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're like you, you can't do that. What do you do? You don't do that. I'm like, sorry, sorry. So um, they're actually volunteers. I have part of my audience volunteers for me to run other parts of my social media, which is amazing. Nice. And um, and but when I do go out of like the plan, they're like, but don't do that. You know, I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry. But um, so we try. To, I try to stay pretty structured, and I don't do it on the weekends just for my sanity. I mean, I could have a huge audience if I broadcast it on the weekends. I could have a huge audience, but I've just chosen not to do that and stick with that lunch hour schedule, which again is not ideal. This is not mm -hmm. an ideal time, but it's also not a crowded space. And so, right. you know, seven o'clock is, sorry, Ross, but seven o'clock is a really crowded space. But That's, my, I, my I grabbed it early. I blocked it out. <laughs> Nobody can have seven o'clock. Stop. Not if you want to get mentioned in the update. You can't right, do you call them? Um, you can't broadcast that today? Yeah. Sorry. Fair. <laughs> That's awesome. So, how have you, do you feel you've grown as a broadcaster or changed the broadcaster? Kind of what have you learned through the process that, you know, you feel like have now made your, your broadcast better and a little more polished, a little different than maybe when you, when you started? Um, I think my message has changed a lot. I mean, I was, I, I just kind of struggled through like people would come on and they would say, I'm the so-and-so and I do blah, blah, blah. And, and they were so like polished and perfect. Right. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I don't know how to be that, like have that, what do I say about myself? Because the fact is, I mean, honestly, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a specialist, I'm not, I'm a cancer survivor that eats well right. and teaches other people how to eat well, you know, in a very practical way. And so it's, it's hard because there's no like super credibility other than I'm a cancer survivor. So I think what's really changed is how my message is structured, like where, where my message has taken me. And so we just adopted this living an anti-cancer lifestyle because no matter what I talk about, everybody wants to go back to, you know, how do I make my body inhospitable to cancer? So that part of it has changed, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard, probably from the avocado day. Yeah, probably a lot, but, um, I'm much more comfortable with, you know, being on camera, like looking down the barrel of a camera as opposed to having to see myself all the time. I did some TV. This is the best story. Okay. I have a story. Right. This is the best story. So I was doing some TV work and it was my first time that people I was doing it for actually found me on Periscope and on Periscope, um, you have, you can see yourself. Right. And so I'm like addicted to like looking at myself when I broadcast right. so I can see if I'm making a stupid face or if I'm smiling or if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So they bring out this giant, you know, like huge camera and they put it in front of me and they're like, okay, now, you know, just, you have to just look right here and smile and do your thing. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. There's <laughs> I no, had, I can't tell what I'm doing. Right. There's, there's no, no feedback. immediate <laughs> feedback. And I was just like, I, I don't know if I can do this. And I freaked out for like half an hour. I was like, I, and I, and it sucked. I mean, it was so bad. And so they, they were like, well, maybe we picked the wrong you know, girl to do this or whatever. I was like, no, I've got this. I got this. And so 
finally, I got more and more comfortable. But our second day, no joke, the cameraman showed. We we had like four days of filming, and the second day, the cameraman showed up, and he he's so awesome. His name is. Oh, anyway, so he's really cool. <laughs> he's a kid. He's like 22 years old. I mean, he's just a kid, and he's he's amazing. And he he rigged up his iPhone underneath the lens so I could see myself. And he was like, is that oh, better? Nice. And I'm like, yes. And so then all of a sudden, like the personality came out, but I'm learning now. Cause now I've done a couple of things like this. I'm learning to look down the barrel of the camera and be okay with it. But, um, I could have never, I've been camera shy my whole life. I mean, literally my whole life, somebody pointed a video camera at me and I'm like, you know, don't take my picture, you know, hiding or whatever. And that's how I always like, I don't need any pictures. Right. That's, <laughs> Before yeah. Blab, I never even used my web. I used my webcam, I think, twice for like two little uh, Google Hangouts, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. And now you can't escape it. I mean, now it's right. it is what I mean. You you have to be comfortable. So, and I have a lot of people that I that you know are in the same line of business that I'm in, and they're how do you do that? I mean, I don't even know how you get on camera and do that. I'm like, I don't know either. I don't even know the secrets. I just do it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so now you uh, this is a big day for you in a way right and you're considering this day a celebration and a lot of people might look at that as strange because this is the fourth anniversary of your cancer diagnosis yep. um talk a little bit about why you look at it as a celebration and and just kind of give us the big picture on kind of how you you view what yeah. must have been an extremely traumatic uh, event, obviously. It was the, what is the saying? It was the best of days and the worst of days. I mean, honestly, <laughs> not the day it happened. It was the worst day I could ever imagine in my life. But this is actually the day that I, that I found the lump. Today is okay. the day that I found the lump. And, um, and then the next, the few days after that was the formal diagnosis. But I knew what it was as soon as I found it. And knew, I, I just, I had a premonition that this is what, this is what's going down. And um, so I found a lump, breast cancer, stage 1B. Everybody wants to know this, so sorry, Ross. Stage 1B, mm -hmm. left breast, just had it removed, did six weeks of radiation. That's all I did. Although they wanted me to do everything, like chemo, drugs, all kinds of stuff. But that's all I did. Um, so I, yeah, so, but I celebrate this day because it is, my dad says a quote to me um, about, about a year into Go To Kitchen's journey, which is my business, mm -hmm. into Go To Kitchen's journey, um, he said to me, you know, I, I have a quote for you, and it's a famous quote, and I never had heard it before. And he said it's by Mark Twain, and it's the, you know, the two best days, and I don't, this isn't exactly it, but the two best days in a person's life is the day that they're born and the day that they found out why, and you have found out why, and had it not been for your cancer you would just be in your perfect little world that you were in my world was I had a perfect world, you know, perfect husband, perfect. We had set ourselves up. We were living the dream. I mean, everybody, I mean, people were like, Oh, I just live vicariously through you guys. I'm like, I know, right. <laughs> I'm like this amazing life. And, but then cancer got thrown right into the middle of it. And uh, my world came tumbling down for a little while. And, but it allowed me to be who I am and do what I do. I, it's funny because I say before cancer, I was cynical Barbie because I was incredibly cynical and it was all about the looks. It was all about the perfect clothes and the perfect hair and the perfect everything. And, um, and, and I didn't give a crap about my body. I mean, I cared about it, what it looked like, but I didn't care about what was going on in the inside. And now it's completely reversed. Now I care immensely what's happening in my body and on the outside. Well, whatever happens that day happens that day. So um, but it's, it's been, it's been transformative and had it not been for that day that I found that lump, then none of this would exist. And so right. I'm actually grateful for, for my lump and for my cancer. It's been, I would never take it back in a million years. So. And how long was the process until you found out that you were free of cancer? Um, well, I had the, I had the tumor removed, uh, February 14th. <laughs> <laughs> so like a few months later on Valentine's Day, um, I actually had the surgery and had it removed. Um, and it, but prior to that, I had done a ton of tests to see if the cancer had spread anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, had not, it had okay. not. So um, as soon as that tumor was out and they were confident that they had clean margins after, you know, 50,000 
x-rays and cat scans and whatever um then you know then they say although the the, the medical doctors will never say that you're cancer free and i mean mm-hmm. honestly we all have cancer in our body every single day our body produces cancer cells it's just is our body strong enough to fight it back or is it right. weak, is it too weak and it just allows it to happen so uh, or to to grow into a tumor and so um so yeah, it's uh, so I guess February fourteenth would technically be you know cancer free day, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's 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 been the most incredible it's been the most incredible thing that could have ever happened to me. So I'm, wow, yeah, yeah, blessed. And, and you talk about um, taking a hundred percent control of your own health and healthcare mm-hmm. and and being sort of the CEO, right, of your cancer, of your, if you're not, don't have cancer, of your your health in general, right? And uh, can you talk about, like, I'm sure you got, like, a standard procedure, right? The doctor says, this is what we do, this is the diagnosis, this is what we do for all our patients, so this is what you should do. And I get the sense that in becoming CEO of your cancer and CEO (laughs) of your health, you probably didn't just go along with whatever the first doctor said to you, right? (laughs) No, I fired two oncologists and not because they weren't saying what I wanted them to say, but because we just simply didn't get along. But I mean, Mm -hmm. how many people are afraid to fire their doctor? Not many. I hardly hear of anybody ever firing their doctor and, you know, saying, look it. And I told them, I'm going to have to fire you because you're trying to scare me into something that I'm not sure is right for me instead of working with me as a patient, as caring Mm -hmm. for me and caring about what my opinion is. You're trying to tell me this is how it is. And I just, and I told him, I said, and I don't, I don't do, I'm, I'm not, we're not jiving and I'm done. And so I fired two oncologists and then found the perfect one. But, um, yeah, I mean, being the CEO of your health comes down to understanding your body and knowing uh, knowing what is best for you. I mean, cause honestly, I mean, my oncologist had over, you know, at one time she would have six to 800 cancer patients in her care at one time. And so there's no way that she could look at my case specifically and say, I know Leslie and I know this is what is good for her. So not not to go in and be a bully with your doctor but to go in and say look at i this is these are this is where i'm leaning towards you know this is what i'm leaning towards doing what are your opinions and them being thoughtful enough to say well here's my experience with that but it's still your you can still do what you want to do and um i was so scared to tell my oncologist that i was not doing chemo cuz they wanted me to do chemo for an entire year and i was like man i just i do not want to do this and so I, um, I went in and I told her, I said, I'm going to have the surgery and I'm going to do the radiation, even though I don't really want to do that. And, but I'm not going to do the chemo and I'm not going to do the five years of one drug and the 10 years of another drug. And she just looked at me and she said, okay. And I was so scared. I was like, she's going to want it. Like, she's going to try to bully me into doing it. And she's like, okay, so if you're not going to do that, what are you going to do? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you have to make a change somewhere because your body produced cancer and something is awry and we need to, we need to help you fix that. And I was like, oh, what do I do? So she's actually the one that suggested a naturopathic doctor. And, um, I had an acupuncturist at the time, which I don't go to anymore, but, um, uh, and a functional medicine doctor that I went to that helped marry the medical things that I was doing with the mm-hmm. holistic things that I were doing. And they all worked together. We all worked together to do what was best for me. And right. it was a gamble under medical standards. It was a gamble, but, um, but it's, it, it was exactly the right thing for me to do, except for the radiation. I wouldn't do that again, but that's another thing. So, right. Right. So you, by, by making those changes, which is, very hard for a lot of people to do, I think. But making those lifestyle, a lot of people are like, just give me the drugs, right? Just, just yeah. give me that. I, I don't know if I trust myself to make the changes or and stick with yeah. it. So let's let's talk about some of the principles. Like, what tips can you give people who are they they think they're healthy, they don't have cancer, they haven't been diagnosed. Let's put it that way, right? And okay. yeah. they think, okay, I want to learn from what you're sharing and change maybe the way I'm eating or think about the way my lifestyle could be contributing to either being more healthy or 
could be letting me go down the wrong road. Right. So what are some, what are some tips that you would give that could apply pretty much to anyone that would make a difference in, in their health and their experience? I will tell you the number one thing or the number two, the two things that the number two things, that's not right. I shouldn't say that. The two things that, um, that I hear the most, the number one is time. I don't have time. It takes a lot of time to be in the kitchen and cook the food and blah, blah, blah. And then the other thing I hear is that it's so expensive. I'm here to tell you that I had to go to part-time work to meet all my doctor's appointments while I was going through cancer treatment. I know people that are on a sabbatical from work in cancer treatment right now. Um, It takes way more time, (laughs) It takes way more time to be sick than it does to be healthy. And then same thing goes for money. It is, it takes way more money. One oncologist visit was $750. Now people go, Oh, I have insurance. But guess what? You have to still pay part of that. And so it begins when you have to see the oncologist every single week, money starts flying out of your checkbook and you're like, seriously, I mean, this is another bill. You get another bill and all of a sudden you've got a stack of bills like this, you know, sitting on your desk for medical bills and not to mention, you know, the 30 grand for a tiny operation that I had and, you know, six weeks of uh, radiation, which cost a huge, as you can imagine, amount of money. And I didn't even do the chemo. That would have been like half a million dollars for me to do the chemo. And so Mm -hmm. it's crazy, crazy town how much money it costs. So those two excuses out the door, first of all. Right. The third thing is, is that you have to focus on getting the junk out of your life. And I'm not talking about just the fast food. I'm talking about the stuff in your cabinet. I'm talking about the things that come in a box, a pouch, a can, a bottle, a jar. Anything that is prepackaged should find another home or should not be in your pantry after you've used the one that you have, you shouldn't buy another one and, um, and making a plan not to buy another one. So those, you know, eating real foods and keeping as many toxins out of your body as possible, because even organic, you know, pre-made pre-boxed food still has things in it that your body doesn't love and cancer cancer loves it. <laughs> your body, you know, your body's like, I don't think I want this. So, and I'm, the goal for me is always to put things in my body that my body loves and that cancer hates. Those are my, right. those are my, always my goals. So, um, doing that the way that I eat personally, which isn't for everyone, but the way that I eat personally as a cancer survivor, I 90% plant-based, which means fruits and vegetables, basically, mm-hmm. um, nuts, things, anything that comes from a plant. Um, I, uh, 90% that 50% of that is raw. And then mm-hmm. um, the other 10% is meat. Yes, I eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian. Just let's put it out there. Um, meat, dairy, and then um, grains, which I know is a plant, but they're inflammatory in the body. So I try to eat as little as possible. Right, um, right. So that's how I personally eat. But it's just finding what works for you. You know, it's and it's here's the deal. You you go in and you're like, okay, I'm going to make a change. And you start researching a change. And then there's paleo and vegetarian and vegan and da, 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 and this diet and that diet and this diet. And, you know, and there's like 50 different choices. Right. And it takes forever to find the one that works for you. And just like you just said, that's why people go, well, cancer treatment's easier <laughs> I'll just go through cancer treatment, you know? So, um, and that's what, that's what some people choose to do anyway, even though they understand there is a different way to do it. So, and that's fine. That's their choice. But, um, but yeah, so just, just trying to eliminate as many toxins and that's how I think about it. If I can't pronounce it, I'm not going to eat it. If it's, there's an ingredient on a box that I can't pronounce, it's I'm not eating it. So, and then I try to eat mostly organics as well because pesticides don't just kill pests. Right, right. <laughs> and so. and so on top of all these different theories and diets and things like that, right, everybody's from their genetics to their ancestry to, mm-hmm. you know, um, what they've been kind of a culture to and everything else is different in what foods they react to. Right. Like one food that sure. could really be inflammatory in my system might not bother your system much. Right. Like I can't eat dairy at all. I'm right. beyond the like if I if I drank a glass of milk, you'd think I had like the worst cold you'd ever see. Right. That's interesting. So, yeah. So everybody's different in what they react to, but I'm sure there's some commonalities. Like one of the interesting things you said is you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. Well, I think vegetables pretty much are on everybody's good list. Right. But right. there's some debate about fruits 
because still sugar, it's mm-hmm. natural sugar, but is it too much sugar if you eat fruit too as too more than a certain amount? Like, where do you come down on that? Or what have you kind of found out about that? Yeah, I don't restrict fruit at all, but okay. I will say also that I do not, um, I personally, I just don't eat a ton of it anyway, because I'm too busy trying to get all my vegetables in, so right. it doesn't, doesn't leave a lot of room <laughs> for fruit, quite frankly. Um, but I mean, I do, there are so many nutrients, it, it ticks me off when people say, don't eat fruit, don't eat fruit, there's too, you know, I, I pull out a banana for a recipe and everybody's like, oh my gosh, there's so much sugar in bananas, and I'm like, Okay, (laughs) let's back up here. First of all, your body doesn't process the sugar the same way um, because there's tons and tons of plant fiber surrounding it. So you have plant enzymes that actually help dissolve the sugar in the body as you're eating, right, right, eating the banana. So, um, but can you eat five bananas in a day? No. Can you eat two? (sighs) Probably shouldn't unless you're like training (laughs) for something, you know. Um, but blueberries, strawberries, you know, berries just in general, those are amazing, full of antioxidants that you can't get anywhere else. I mean, the power in a blueberry, you can't get it anywhere else. Just to, so to strip that out of a diet, no way, Jose, uh, the citrus fruits with all of the vitamin C that you get, especially this time of year, because they're in season right now. So they're super fresh and you get tons of vitamin C, which your body needs guess what? There's a reason that citrus fruit is in season right now for the human body and for animals and everything else, because we need that dose of vitamin C to combat this time of year, because the body wants to go kind of shut down a little bit. And this is why we get cold and flus and things like that. So getting that extra boost of vitamin C is, is huge and necessary. And you have to, you know, you can't just shut those things out. Is there sugar? Yes, absolutely. But the real problem with sugar comes from the processed food. So if you're eating fruit and you're eating a bag of Cheetos and then you have spaghetti sauce that night, then you've overdone your sugar. And then you had a latte prep. I don't drink coffee. So whatever that stuff is and it has all that in it, then, yeah, you're over your sugar limit. But people will say, well, cut the fruit out before they cut out all those other things. So (laughs) I don't understand that at all. But excuse me. Right. Right. So. um. You mentioned that um, grains contribute to inflammation in the body. Is that wheat or is that all grain? Like, I mean, does that include like rice, brown rice, um, all the different grain products, or is that focused primarily on wheat and white flour? Yeah, so the uh, the inflammation comes from the fact that uh, grains are a hard, they have a hard shell around anything, mm-hmm. no matter how big or small they are, they have a really hard shell. So when you eat them, even after they're cooked and they've exploded a little bit, they still have that little shell. And so it's hard to, it's hard for our body to digest. And so when we when we're trying to digest foods that are hard like that on the body, then um, then our body kind of goes into a minor emergency mode, and that cl- that causes some inflammation, especially in our digestive system. So I try to keep my digestive system running as smooth as possible. Um, we won't go there anyway, but I do try to keep it running super smooth. So grains can actually attribute to that inflammation. Now when we talk about white processed flour. It's the devil. Not only, sorry, it is. <laughs> but, um, and not only does it have, uh, not only does it cause inflammation, um, it's hard to digest. Um, there are tons of chemicals. They bleach, they refine, they bleach again. Um, and then it goes through like a antimicrobial type process. And you're right. ingesting all of that when you eat it. And so the body's like, whoa, wait just a second. What did you just put inside of me? So to I eat mostly sprouted grains. Um, mm-hmm. Sprouted grains actually take the hard, I'm, like I have a piece of rice in my hand or whatever, but um, it actually takes the hard shell when you sprout it and it turns it from basically you think about it kind of as a seed. It's really not technically a seed, but you think about it in that capacity, but you take that and, and you sprout it and it actually turns it into a plant. So you have like Mm. a little green, little sprout that comes out, which has plant enzymes, which actually helps with the digestion of the grains. So yeah, so I do eat some grains, but I don't go downtown crazy on them. I mean, I won't, you know, I'm not going to eat like a loaf of bread or anything like that, or, you know, like five cinnamon rolls. I might have one cinnamon roll. But very right. few, very few and far between. Even if the bread's made from a sprouted grain, you still will try to avoid much bread, right? As much as possible, yeah. And I yeah. and I love bread. You have to understand, my pre-cancer life was like uh, turkey sandwiches <laughs> on white bread and Miracle Whip with like one little layer of <laughs> lettuce. 
I'm eating potato chips. Those are those are vegetables. I mean, you yeah, know. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I'm drinking <laughs> diet soda, so I'm fine. I'm good. We're good. Yeah. Right. So, right. So that's crazy. a that's a that's a huge change. Do you drink primarily water, or do you drink? Um, are there other drinks that you have throughout the day? Um, I drink water. I drink kombucha. Kombucha is a fermented drink. If you don't know what that, mm-hmm. most people know what kombucha is. It used to be like, what is that? <laughs> What's kombucha? <laughs> uh, now everybody knows what it is. But um, I drink kombucha. I drink in the winter time. I drink a lot of uh, green tea, hot green tea or herbal teas. Some of my favorite. Um, I have this new affection for um, coconut water. I've been working out. Um, hmm. I have all these speaking engagements coming up and I was like, I got to work out. I told my husband, I was like, I got to work out. So, um, <laughs> and I have a very particular goal. And so I've been working out. So I've actually been drinking, um, this coconut water that is, it has a little bit of carbohydrates in it, um, from the coconut. Hmm. And it's, it is so like satisfying and energy giving because coconut, coconut is so amazing for the energy process in the body because it bypasses, you only have three steps to get to energy from coconut as opposed to other fats and energy givers um, where you have about 22 steps. So it really bypasses that, all those steps and you get fast, you know, energy that is, that lasts a while. So, um, so yeah, so that's, but yeah, pretty much, I mean, water is probably my big staple throughout the day. I drink a lot of it. I drink half my body weight in ounces every day. So, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. great. So uh, you mentioned working out, right? And that's obviously mm-hmm. the next question is what yeah. else uh, outside the nutrition area? And it sounds more like working out is kind of to keep your endurance up because it's a grueling schedule than you. Yeah. I don't know whether you're saying like working out isn't necessarily like a core of the anti-cancer lifestyle. It's more like something that you do because mm-hmm. you need to be kind of have the the conditioning for a grueling schedule and travel and things like that or am i i I mean i'm just jumping to maybe one conclusion or another i don't know well and i'm I'm 46 and i don't i don't want a muffin top so that's one Mm -hmm. of the main reasons (laughs) like get the muffin top off anyway um because that's like the year of the muffin top apparently 46 is when the muffin top shows up i didn't know that somebody should warn (laughs) there should be like a warning label on that birthday uh know that (laughs) you get an email it's not usually in this that's not in the science journal (laughs) right you're 46 and today that i read the science journal It's time for the muffin top. Uh, anyway, so that's the primary reason to uh, work right. out. It feels like right now, anyway. But um, in all honesty, moving your body—we make a joke—you need to move mm-hmm. your body once a day, and it's because we saw that on the Weather Channel one night. We were really bored watching the Weather Channel in a hotel that we were stuck in in a snowstorm, and we were watching the Weather Channel and trying to see if we could get on the roads or whatever. And I can't even remember the guy's name. And he comes on and he says, you know, you should move your body once a day. And we're like, who says that? (laughs) I mean, what is that? And so we make fun of that, but you should move your body once a day. Um, And here's my, here's the primary reason that you should get some exercise. If you're thinking about anti-cancer lifestyle is one um, cancer loves bodies that are sedentary. It loves the fact that you're not moving around. It loves the fact that you're eating, you know, two hours before you go to bed. I mean, so you try to keep all those things away. And it, it, um, so the other major reason is that our lymphatic system is our largest uh, fluid flow in the body. So to actually have fluid flowing through our body, we have more lymphatic fluid than we have blood in our body, but our blood has a pump and our lymphatic fluid does not. And your lymphatic system is actually your garbage disposal. This is why when people get cancer, I always point over here because where my cancer was, but uh, mm-hmm. when you get cancer, that's why they start looking at lymph nodes because the cancer dumps its garbage into your lymphatic system. And then the lymphatic system has the opportunity to move it around the body and you get metastasis possibly, not always. Mm-hmm. It can happen through the bloodstream as well. So that's why they're always looking at lymph nodes is because the cancer dumps its garbage there and some cancer cells can break off and get into those lymph nodes. So, um, so your, your lymphatic system is super, super important. So doing some exercise every single day where you're moving your entire body, walking Mm -hmm. is great, but if you're walking, you know, flap your arms and look like a crazy person walking, you know, around, um, moving your arms around, uh, doing high knees, high knees are amazing. Just right in place. Just get your knees up as high as you can for like 
10, 15 minutes of doing some type of exercise like that really lowers your chance of cancer. <laughs> so right, it's right. amazing actually how much it lowers your chance of cancer. And so, um, so that's, that is, an, I've, I have been moving my body once a day ever since I was diagnosed with cancer. So right, right. But I've wow. always been pretty good about that. That's always been a thing for me because again, we'll go back to cynical Barbie. She really cared about what she looked like. So, you know, <laughs> so it was important. Yeah. Still is. Right. Right. But and then a different perspective. And then what role does, um, in an anti-cancer lifestyle, does rest and sleep and things like that play? And have you changed how much you sleep or your rest pattern or any of that since your, your diagnosis? I have always been the best sleeper on the planet. I can, as soon as I, I lay down sometimes, I mean, Rob, my husband, Robin makes fun of me. I lay down and he can still be talking to me and I've been laying there 10 seconds and I'm out, I'm done. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> What? How do you do that? I'm like, I know I should teach a class. It's so amazing. So I've always been a great sleeper my whole life. Um, but um, a rest is very important. People that don't sleep, you know, seven hours minimum, seven hours minimum, because sleep is when your body's repairing. So you want to repair damage in your body. This is why we sleep. This is why every living thing has a rest period in it, um, because it needs to repair damage and even cellular damage, uh, muscular damage, brain damage. Um, this is why when people have brain damage, they go, they can be put, their body puts them into like a self-induced coma. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about in a literal sense, but they can be out mm -hmm. for like four or five days and that's because their brain is rebooting and trying to repair damage. So it shuts down all the other functions other than the vital ones. Um, and this is when our body does its best repair. So seven hours of sound sleep is really, really important, especially if you want to turn your body into a healing machine, especially right. if you want to live an anti-cancer lifestyle, you have to focus on getting, um, you know, at least seven consistent hours of sleep, not like, oh, I slept two hours this afternoon and then I slept again, you know, and oh, and that all adds up to seven. That doesn't work. Right. It needs to be like a good <laughs> seven hours of sleep so that you're, you're really... <laughs> Nice. Oh, God. Were you identifying with that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Sorry, Fall asleep I'm for a couple you. hours with your phone in your hand. Right. Yeah. What? Back, oh, I'm up back to work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you though, napping is good. I, I, I encourage people to take naps. If you, if you have the ability, not from exhaustion, but mm -hmm. um, the ability to take a little cat nap in the afternoon, um, my husband can't do it for to save his life. I can do, I can sleep for like 10 minutes in the afternoon. I wake up and I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm, I'm ready to do right, this. Right. He does not have that ability. And so I think it's kind of a man thing because sorry guys, but, um, but I'm, I've, I've talked to several men that have that same problem. They cannot nap, but like every woman I'm like, they're like, Oh, I love naps. I'm like, I know. So, um, yeah, so napping's really good. I encourage it, especially if it's a no stress nap, you know, like you're just sitting and you're reading a book and you fall asleep nice and, you know, easy. That's a beautiful, that's, that should be encouraged actually. So yeah, very a lot good. Of comments, a lot of comments on Facebook about uh, how people love uh, coconut oil and coconut water and um, oh my gosh, it's so funny. I don't even have Facebook up. I'm going to go look. Yeah. Um, coconut oil and water are amazing, amazing, amazing things. Carlos Phoenix says he's 46 and he's full muffin. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Oh, wait, there we are. I'm going to go see the comments. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't even have it up. I didn't even think. I was just enjoying our conversation. We've done this before, Ross, but we were supposed to have like a 10-minute interview, and it was like two hours later we fell yeah. on. So. Hey, so let me ask you, Um, you've, you've experimented with Periscope Producer. Do you like doing the producer side, or do you prefer doing um, your show with cell phone? Yeah, I would love can of worms, can of worms, uh -oh. uh, can of worms alert. I would love, love, love to use producer, but producer mm -hmm. hates me. It hates me. It's um, it hates me. Every time mm -hmm. I try to use it, it's a, it's like a bad Kung Fu movie. I mean, because my voice is not in sync and I can't find anybody to help me. I've asked everybody I know to ask. 
right. my voice isn't in sync. Um, it's, and it's just barely off, but it drives me nuts. So, um, mm. so it's not in sync or it crashes like right in the middle. And I have a really great internet. I know we joked about talking about my internet, but I, I have a, we pay for like the highest end business internet in our home because of this, mm. what I do. Um, so I have great internet. So that's not the problem anyway, but it's, it crashes on me. But I do love it. I will tell you, it's a love-hate. And if I could get it to work consistently, I would never use my phone again um, because it's so effective and so professional. But I'm going to have to actually pay somebody <laughs> to get me set up and and help me figure out how to do it uh, professionally. It's interesting because um, you do the show on Facebook, which I love. It's so professional looking, the side by sides mm -hmm. and everything, and always impresses me when people do this. And um, right now, I, I can't talk about the specific brand, um, but I'm pitching to a major brand right now um, to do to be their live personality, to be their like oh. voice essentially um, on live streaming, and to take they have a classroom situation to take their classroom situation and make it a Facebook live event, um, once a week. And so, and it's a, it's a pretty big brand. And so I, we actually talk again in January, I'm meeting with the CEOs and CFOs and the That's so exciting. CE people anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so we're pitching to them, but we're using a production company to mm -hmm. produce this show and so we can do it super professionally so it excites me the possibilities am i there yet no i tried to use it today mm -hmm. and it screwed up so am i there yet personally no but i do see using it in the future full out i mean full out as long as periscope will stay around <laughs> <laughs> i will use it uh, i will use it full out so right right so tomorrow um our annual predictions uh blog post comes out we have 88 Excited. predictions and you know you're featured among it among the people there and um one of the funny things is between the time of the prediction some people actually got the twitter was going to add live video right oh, so wow. anyway i wanted to ask you because you're somebody who's on periscope every every day what does it mean that twitter added live right because whether i see you on periscope or i see you on twitter I'm seeing the same experience, except that I can only comment, I think, if I'm watching on Periscope. So it's been my experience so far that um, I go live on Twitter now because it gets it. I I get I have I get more tweets. I get I get more everything because the audience is much bigger there. So it, it hits the and they're and they're making it a priority right now. So if you hashtag, right. you know, go live, um, they're using that hashtag to push everything out. So I just did a broadcast a couple of days ago where I only had like four thousand people live. And mm -hmm. I had over 6,000 replay views. And I'm like, what was that? I mean, it wasn't even like some hot topic or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't even like doing anything super exciting. But I had all these replays because I hashtagged the go live. And I was it was the first day that Twitter live was live. And so anyway, so that was kind of exciting. But mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that it's been my experience that if you watch on Twitter, the only way you can comment is to go into Periscope because it will ask you, you know, right. do you want to do you want to go into Periscope to comment? And so um, I, I think that I th personally, I think it's a great marriage. I think it's mm -hmm. a good thing. I can't see anything negative about it except for the fact that they tried to marry them to a degree that. Um, you know, somebody like myself, who's worked very hard for every single follower that she has, if, right. to some degree that they don't make the marriage a happy one and I lose all my Periscope followers somehow, you know, like they don't transition mm -hmm. over into a Twitter world. Um, right. But I don't know how that would work out either. So that's the only thing that makes me nervous. But, you know, I'm in it for the long haul with Periscope. I mean, until they until they shut their doors, which I don't think is going to happen personally, I think they're just ramping up for bigger and better things. As a gold mm -hmm. VIP, we get to talk a little bit more to the inside camp. And so I think that they're just gearing up for bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger things. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are saying they're not doing a good job of addressing their um, inflated audience numbers. Um, mm. 
And I think that they've done an amazing job personally. So I think that they've done a great job of going, you know, maybe they didn't go to the person that had the concern and go, okay, look at, this is what we've done to, you know, to correct this, but you can see the corrections if you just pay attention. I mean, if you daily broadcast, you can see the corrections. So I just think that they're a new company and that it's going to take them a while, but I think the merger is great and I'm excited to see what happens with it next, but it is powered by Periscope. So Periscope right. is a Twitter company, so it only makes sense that they would, you know, that they would well, marry you connected two together. Today, you connected today through Twitter. I did. But now if you went, see, if you went live on Periscope, right, from Periscope, but you mm-hmm. put the hashtag go live in your mm-hmm. description, would it be read the same way or how does that, <laughs> does that make Twitter. sense? It does. And this is, this is where everybody's confused. And I don't think there's a ton of confusion. I think it's, I mean, for me, it's pretty black and white because you are, you either go live on Periscope or you go live on Twitter, but you're still live in the same place. If I go live on Periscope and I tweet it out, <laughs> Right. It still goes to Twitter and shows up in the feed. However, I have noticed that numbers have changed a little bit, especially in replay views. Um, if I go live on through Twitter into Periscope, but it's the same. It's I mean, again, it's it's the same company. So I think people were expecting some big new platform. And maybe there's even like a slight disappointment that they don't have some big new platform, you know, like Facebook rolled out this whole big Facebook live thing. Um, And but they didn't have another thing. You know, there was no other thing there already. So I don't know. I think Periscope is so powerful. And the fact that it's becoming a news outlet is making it even more powerful. I mean, it's some people. That's where they get their news is from Periscope. So. (laughs) They're watching new live news feeds, you know, as I mean, President Obama, Donald Trump, whoever they're watching live, you know, feeds right there. So I think that that only makes them more powerful. Um, and I just do a quick shout out to the World Surf League. They have recently put their professional broadcast. I'm a surfer. So their professional broadcast on mm-hmm. Periscope. And it's it's amazing to watch sports that way. I mean, I was like what the, this is amazing. I can go on and watch replay. I can see what's happening for the day. I can see what other people are saying about it, you know, commenting live and I can respond to their comments and that's powerful. That's, that's, a, you know, right. I can, I can use my surfer lingo finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, on one hand, it would make sense that you would have more views when, when you go to Twitter, because obviously there's more people on Twitter who don't have Periscope accounts. But then at the same time, I say, well, your Periscope stuff is, I'm finding it in your t- Twitter feed anyway. So um, it, it must be how they're prioritizing it, I guess, in the in the beginning. Uh, but when you go live on Twitter, um, it syncs up with your Periscope, right? Because yeah, I, went to watch, I went to watch your show on Periscope, had no idea you had gone live through through Twitter. Yeah, same. So, it's, it, so it's, from that end, you can't tell. The, like the viewer's experience is basically the same. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the experience, the broadcast, everything's the same from all ends. So, um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I will tell you that I've been getting spammed in my Twitter feed more because <laughs> people are trying to like comment through my Twitter feed during my broadcast. Like they'll reply to the broadcast through oh, the God. Twitter feed. And I'm like, right. oh my gosh, now I've got spam here. So anyway, <laughs> whatever. Do you plan I don't, to? I don't mind it. Yeah. Have you used Instagram live or do you plan to? Um, I have not. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I plan to. I'm um, it, I, I'm not anti Instagram. I, I mean, I love Instagram, but it's um, I don't like that it disappears. I mean, I work mm-hmm. hard to create this content. It is not. I think it's great if you're getting on to show something even personal. And that's where I use Instagram stories anyway, is more for my personal life than my business life. And, um, I don't, I, I just don't see the benefit of creating content that is just going to disappear that nobody has access to unless they were live. It's almost again, sorry, everybody, but it almost feels like a vanity app, (laughs) you know, like, it's like, look at me, look at what I'm doing. And then it's gone. And I don't, You know, and as a content creator, um, it just doesn't have any appeal to me whatsoever. I can see doing it to show my puppy playing or, 
you know, uh, look at my pretty Christmas lights or something like that. But to do it for my content, I just can't, I can't come up with the benefit of it yet. Not that I won't, but it hasn't sparked anything that, that made me super excited. I didn't have it at first and I was ticked off because you had it. And I was like, what? <laughs> Damn, Ross. But I know. Why, what the what? Why don't I have this? And then finally it showed up. I was like, okay, Phew. I was feeling a little left out there. So anyway, right, but, right. Yeah, but I haven't used it yet, but I'm in a, it's not that I won't ever use it, but I just can't, I can't figure out how it fits in right now. So what I like about it and I'm not, you know, I rarely go live on my cell phone. Right. And so everything I do is pretty much desktop and it's a show or it's, you know, some right. structured. Um, so I do like the fact that I can just jump on and kind of chat with people about whatever. <laughs> Not necessarily that I'm showing off anything, but it's okay if there's downtime. It's okay if the conversation doesn't flow completely, right? right? Like, it's just there to engage with the people who are interested in talking. I can change topics, subjects. It doesn't have to be a topic, right? Yeah. So in that sense, I like it because I don't necessarily want that to be sort of part of my digital footprint. Um, I'd rather the structured stuff be part of that right. but I, I it's a great way to sort of like just chat with people um mm -hmm. it would be even better if it eventually would become two-way where other people could just jump on and and talk um but it We're feels so missing that i mean yeah. i'm so missing that platform i have so many interviews that i want to do with people where i let right. people come in live and i'm just like somebody please fill this gap it's driving me crazy <laughs> so yeah well when you get periscope producer going then you can you can probably hey. do that, right? It's it's still not sure, easy. But, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, you're you're the one with the production team. <laughs> Tell them to get on it. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so much fun. Um, Tell everybody, go to kitchens.com. Um, how can they join your your VIP? I know you give away a lot of great great information through your free VIP membership. Yeah, so we have absolutely free VIP membership. It is uh, g2kvip.com, G the number two, the letter K, vip.com. Um, you're going to get a free jumpstart guide um, how to, well, sorry, start over. You're going to get a free jumpstart guide called Cancer Hates It. Um, it, is, it is basically designed to teach you how to get your brain thinking in an anti-cancer lifestyle. It's not the end-all be-all. It is just a motivator, basically. And it's people who have read it. Um, I've gotten some really, really great feedback from it. So um, so you get that, you get a free ebook, how to fall in love with your kitchen and yourself. You get access to a uh, private Facebook page that is a blast. We have so much, wow. as you can imagine. Uh, we have so much fun in this group. It's the uh, go-to kitchens VIP lounge. So we go hang out there after <laughs> broadcast. I'm not kidding. There's like an after show. We go hang wow. out and talk and everything. Um, and then, um, And then you get a newsletter that comes every other Sunday and you never get any spam. And although I sell things, I really stink at it. So <laughs> I do have things for sale. Um, if you're interested in starting on a real food journey, you can go to 27 day real food challenge.com. So yeah. don't tell that to the company that wants you to be <laughs> right. I know. Sorry. Yeah. So final, final question. What is the most popular recipe? What recipe have you gotten the most feedback, the most, response from of, of all the ones on the show? Well, there are these, um, and unfortunately it's not completely my recipe. I kind of hacked it oh, a little bit, matter. but, um, <laughs> but it, it is, um, I make these peppermint patties. They're made with coconut, um, oil in the middle, like hardened coconut oil and you dip them in chocolate and you put peppermint flavoring in the coconut oil and mm -hmm. a little bit of honey. They're amazing. So that was probably the number one sweet treat. But then I made pizza soup the other day, supreme pizza soup. And I tell you, I got more photographs of people's soup than I've ever gotten of anything. It was amazing. They were like, oh, my God, this is the best soup in the world. I mean, <laughs> and it, it was really good. They're but, making yeah. it just along with you at home. They're making the pizza soup. Not while necessarily. You're making... They make it like over the weekend <laughs> or something. And then I get like, you know, 10 photos of pizza soup. And so, wow. yeah. Yeah. What fine. is pizza soup? Supreme pizza soup. It has like all the pizza toppings in a soup, and it oh, okay. tastes. I mean, it tastes like pizza. I mean, you're eating it, and it's like I'm. This is like I'm eating pizza, except it's a soup, and it's all plant based. So there's nothing in there that is um, that is not a plant. I mean, I usually I actually take cauliflower 
and roast it and make it taste like sausage. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it tastes Fant really good. Yeah. Fantastic. Go to kitchens, go the number two kitchens.com. Go to at go to kitchens on Periscope and Twitter. Leslie Nance. Thanks so much. Congratulations on the speaking gig at summit Thank live you. and on all the great stuff that you're doing. Um, this is going to be the last show of 2016. I'll be back January 9th with Jennifer Quinn and we'll be rolling into January, February, and March. Uh, check out the website, Livestreams Universe. There used to be a LivestreamStars.tv. It's LivestreamUniverse.com. It's the only website, LivestreamUniverse.com. There you go. Have a great night, everybody.